Fred and Frit, Fred and Frit, the perfect combination of brawn and wit. Politics, sports, and trending shit. Let's tune in to Brad and Brit. It is the Brad and Brit cast. We are always happy that you're with us. This is our last Brad and Brit cast of the week. Uh, we have a program note. Uh, next Tuesday, take the day off. Okay. Next Tuesday. We are. Okay. All right. That sounds good to me. Okay. Uh, the list, the list, uh, new game show. Whose fault is it anyway? Nice. Uh, never steal from a GameStop in. And this is one of those, uh, where did this occur? Uh, Nepo baby relies on Trump financial statements. Hmm. Uh, Jim Jordan can go back to wrestling now. Oh, Nice. The Kraken cracked, and the Republicans of North Carolina suck as bad as the ones in D.C. They never stop. Never, never, never. Uh, let's, let's do uh, Jim, don't call me James Jordan, not to be mistaken with Michael Jeffrey Jordan's late father. Jim Jordan, the congressman of Ohio, has decided no moss, and for now he's not going to pursue another uh, embarrassing loss on the House floor, correct? I thought you wanted to start local and stay local. No, nah, we'll get to that later because that's kind of ugly. Uh, I guess uh, even early this morning, Thursday morning, he was uh, ready to fight it out. But by middle of the morning, he said, that's it. No Moss, no third ballot for him. So uh, North Carolina's own Patrick McHenry, whose uh, great, 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 great grandfather wrote the Star-Spangled Banner, I do no. believe. Or it's his other grandfather who said, give me liberty or give me... They got married and they came up with Patrick McHenry. <laughs> <laughs> he will uh, apparently be, is this right, an interim speaker? And they are... Uh, yeah, they're, the looking, they're looking to empower him with, um, if not full speaker stuff, they're going to throw a couple of roses his way. Uh, more news about House Republicans who say they were getting threats for <laughs> refusing to support Jordan. Multiple officials detailing death threats and other intimidation they've faced for opposing Jim Jordan's speakership bid. And by the way, for good reason. Well, and I would like to point out these threats, completely Joe Biden's fault. There's no question that these threats are 100% Joe Biden's fault. We're going to get to whose blame is it anyway, All but right. that doesn't apply to this. But okay, <laughs> if that's what you want, that's what you get. <laughs> There's no also way. Reports, <laughs> also reports of pressure on members through their spouses, which uh, angered other members. Uh, Mrs. Bacon, Mrs. Yeah. Don Bacon, yeah, we revealed those, those uh, text messages in the last uh, day and a half. God almighty. Does interim anything ever work? Do interim coaches ever work? Do interim spouses ever work? Does an interim principal at your school ever? No, it never works out. An interim like, CEO. Yeah. A yeah, couple of years ago, uh, you'll, you'll recall this. The Las Vegas Raiders had to fire John Gruden. They had an interim coach, and he did very well. He, he led the team to the playoffs, and he was immediately fired. So, 
<laughs> it's hard to like interim anything. Yeah, it's hard to uh, come up with an idea that where that's been. Oh, that was a great idea. That, that happened. Well, because you have half the title and none of the power. Well, look, I, I mean, and, I, and again, we don't want to skip past the normalization of bullshit here because in the past, for a couple of hundred years, it's been a point of pride that someone would rise through the ranks and their peers would recognize them as being a really good leader and someone who was able to kind of move things forward and they would be elected Speaker of the House. And in this case, Patrick Patrick McHenry has been like, eh, wow. fuck it, you're it. Nobody else wants this job. Take it. That's a really Pollyannish view of not really. Speaker of the House. No, position. not really. If you think your view, if you think Dennis Hastert, no, you rose no, through the ranks and, no, and, and was respected no, by his peers. No, 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 no. Yeah, Nancy Pelosi really sucked and somehow just ended up on the spot. Tip O'Neill, ah, he was terrible. That Cannon guy, ah, nah, he was suck ass. You're right. They just kind of showed up and they failed upwards. That's what happened, Brad. Come I on. I say that none of them were that way, but you said they all were that well, way. Well, you took the worst example. Dennis Hastert, who happened to be a child molester, I might add. All right, I'll give you another one. Newt Gingrich. These are outliers. The, what? These are outliers. The, the Nancy the guy Pelosi. That, the guy that came after him, that, that Livingston guy from Brit. In the modern era, Speaker of the House, John Boehner, in, in, in the modern era, Speaker of the House, particularly if it's the uh, Republicans. So Nancy Pelosi's not in the modern era? That doesn't count? She's not That's a Republican. No. She's not in a Republican. I'm saying that the Republican Party is completely they fucked off it up. the rails and they actually has been now for your entire adult life. Okay. Well, they, they so, <laughs> don't lump this this position, which is not an elected by the people position. It's a, you know, it's a it's an inside baseball position. But, but if you've got your shit together, the Democrats usually do when it comes to putting a speaker in there, and, and they've, they've brilliantly engineered the succession to Nancy Pelosi with Hakeem Jeffries, and uh, Steny Hoyer has been sent to the showers, and uh, the guy from South Carolina. Uh, uh, Clyburn. Jim Clyburn also sent to the showers, and they've been replaced by younger people, which in this case means somebody who's only about 60, but that's a lot younger than 80, so we'll take it. <laughs> but um, it's, at, at this point in time, uh, it's, it's basically, it's Patrick, at this point, you get basically Patrick Henry's like, yeah, fuck it, you take it. Nothing can, we can't figure it that's out. That's exactly you, right. You take it. That's right, because he's been uh, not much. No. Nobody's ever heard of him. No. No, and he's been he's, there for nine terms. He's a nobody. He's a uh, he's Virginia Fox with a slightly smaller penis, uh, and twenty years less in age. I mean, just stop right there. You've nailed it. <laughs> I mean, he's not done anything, I but he just kind of. It's it's it is it is like the guy at work who just stands around, sips coffee, and eventually, at one point in time, uh, all the managers quit, and he becomes a manager for some reason. They can't because they can't hire anybody. It's that guy. That's that's what Patrick McHenry is. Again, but we're playing with a position that's second in line is succession. In the Constitution of the United States, this very unimportant uh, thing that's not elected by anybody is somehow second in line uh, in, in terms of succession, which, again, I think needs to be rethought, maybe. I, I heard yesterday that the... Uh Longtime CEO of Costco is stepping down after all, and it's not because Costco's doing badly, or, or he's just 
decided that uh, it's it, it, it's time. But this is a great, the the person that's replacing him. He's only been there for forty years at Costco, and he okay. started out as a forklift driver. Well, you See, know what so that that's means. how that's how you do it. But you know that's that's you know what it. you know what that is. That's that's Coach Guthridge. That's what that is. That's what that was the the Dean Smith succession plan where they were like, we're not really ready to hire the guy that's going to take over for Dean Edward Smith, one of the greatest coaches in college basketball history. We've got a placeholder. We're going to reward this old guy that's been on the bench for all these years, and we're going to let him just have it for a few years for a cooling off period. And that was what happened when when Guthridge was hired at North Carolina as the as the coach. Wow, you have to bring up all these examples of uh, personal failures of sports teams <laughs> and that, that you like, and try to apply them to the world. You're you are a sad, sad individual. I just and, want to say that. And by failing, I, you know, Bill Guthridge did go to a Final Four. Now the guy after him had some problems. And apparently now is a right wing lunatic and speaks at the same conferences as Mark Robinson, but still, you know, oh, Guthridge is himself Matt, was is Matt Doherty on the Mark we, Robinson. Yeah, we brought this up on the show. This happened. I think we brought this up on the show. Is that there's some sort of stupid yeah, conference? Those kind of things out. I'm sorry. <laughs> there's some sort of stupid ass conference over in Hickory or somewhere where they're all speaking about how Jesus wants you not to be gay and Jesus hates transgenders and, and Mark Robinson and uh, and Mr. Doherty are both on both speaking. And the problem, the, is, <laughs> the problem is that, again, I, you're, you're going to laugh, but this is the same thing. If you go back to Ocean's 13, you shook Sinatra's hand. You don't do shit like that when you shake Sinatra's hand. You shook Dean Smith's hand. You were recruited by Dean Smith and worked for – you don't go out there with uh, George, the black George Wallace and talk shit and be on the same ticket as him if you were Dean Smith's guy. You blew it, Matt Doherty. Wait, the black George Wallace is that hilarious comedian George no. Wallace, isn't he? No, it's not. He's not the black George Wallace. Do you know, he? he's still rocking. I want to see him so bad. I know he just, he's just always the, in Vegas. But I think he's, it's the, he's so funny. I love him. I think I it's the him. best 8 o'clock show on the Strip or something like that. I think yeah. that's what it is. Yeah, he's, he's very When I've been out there, I haven't thought of that. Or he, usually whenever I go, the things I want are you know, they're, they're not. I, and I think the tickets are extremely affordable. He's also a buddy of Seinfeld. Very funny. Oh, then no wonder I skipped it because I like shit that's way <laughs> overpriced that disappoints. That's, that's, my- that's it. I want to pay $200 and walk out going, what did I just do? Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah, well, while we're, we're in the neighborhood, let's do uh, the Republicans of North Carolina suck as bad as the ones in D.C. and they never stop yeah so on wednesday the republicans of this state north carolina and uh, you might be able to relate to this depending on where you live if you live outside of our little part of the world they came up and they worked so hard they oh my god the the amount of elbow grease nose to the grindstone pain and suffering that they went through to come up with a couple of new maps for the congressional districts representing North Carolina in Washington. My goodness. Now, we have 14 seats mm-hmm. in North Carolina. We used to have 13. We just added one. Yeah, in, we're uh, growing. The 2020 election, yeah. People stop moving here, please. There's nowhere to eat. We can't drive. The taxes are terrible. Stop it. Just stop it. The weather sucks. Yeah. Get out yeah. of here. Yeah. 
Move, move, move back up to uh, to Ohio. They need no, more people there. Florida's good. I think DeSantis isn't going to be there much longer. Please move to fucking Florida. Keep going they to Texas. With people, they they keep gaining more. They're faster than us. So, <laughs> all right. So we we had fourteen seats, and it was seven to seven. It still is seven to seven right now. Yeah, and that's because a panel of judges judges yeah uh, drew up those maps, and seven and seven for the most part, represents the fact that this state is a 50-50, purple state, right? That makes sense. Seven and seven, a delicious drink and a good remedy. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Um, But but the Republicans now run the show here in this state, and the stupid-ass moron voters of this state swung the state Supreme Court Republican, and they ruled that that really fair map, that's just too goddamn fair. And Republicans, get back there. You do what you need to do because it's legal. You can gerrymander the shit out of the state for political reasons. That's okay as long as you wink, wink, don't use race as any kind of criteria. Wink, wink. They came up with two brand new maps, two brand new maps. And uh, one of the maps would likely result in a uh, 10 to 4 Republican majority. So that would be a swing of three seats, right? 10 to 4 instead of 7 to 7. Right, yeah. And that's just outrageous. But not really good enough because they have another map that would go 11-3. Get it to 11-3. And I'm disappointed. I was looking for a shutout, a bagel, a 14 to nothing map, which I'm sure <laughs> if they could, they would. We have Republicans on record talking about their desire to completely disregard the voters. Now, how did they do this? How did they do this? What do you do to gerrymander a state like North Carolina? Well, it's it's pretty simple. You take the three biggest metropolitan areas, biggest cities in those metro areas, that would be Raleigh, that would be Charlotte, that would be Greensboro, Mm -hmm. and you cut them up. Mm -hmm. And you send at least two-thirds of the voters away, and you disperse them into districts around there so that the identifiably minority usually certainly democratic voters are watered down and you get a gerrymandered state it's not it's not that hard i mean they're doing it pretty much the same place the same way every republican that's been in charge of whatever state is what you say in the urban areas they tend to be more democratic so again you try to water those down and shift it away the, the the one city in the country i think that's the worst well, I think there's two that are the worst examples. Of this. It's Austin, Texas, and Nashville. Huh. Um, I think Austin is cut up into like seven di- different congressional districts. Okay. That's, which is, it's almost mathematically impossible, but they figured out how to do it so that um, are you uh, Austin, which is a very, very democratic city in Texas, I don't even know if they have any. Democratic U.S. representatives there. No, but I know for the longest, yeah, for the longest time they were represented by a Republican. Are you, 
Are you on Jeff Jackson's mailing list, the congressman from North Carolina? Uh, no. Now, our our uh, uh, congressional representative, Kathy Manning, is in the firing line here. Her district, which includes where we are, yeah, uh, is being cut up. And uh, I don't know whether uh, she's going to survive. And by the way, I would like to thank the Associated Press for going full milk toast on describing this, saying that um, Wednesday's district proposals would split the state's largest counties surrounding heavily Democratic Charlotte, Raleigh, and Greensboro into two or three districts, some of which pull in more Republican, suburban, and rural voters. Really? Just some of the yes, surrounding districts? Really? So it would be just a happy accident to have those three cities uh, gerrymandered yeah, because nobody knows for sure, right? Associated oh, Press, you don't know. We don't. So Jeff Jackson is an up and coming Democrat in in North Carolina. He's been mentioned uh, on a lot of lists for future stuff because they think he's got a, a bright star. He sent out an email to his supporters saying, "Oh well, they just put me in a uh, Republican plus fifteen district. <laughs> that sounds pretty good." And he goes, "I'm dead." I'm just dead. If this thing stands, forget it. I mean, there's been a lot of rumors about him resigning and running for lieutenant governor, running for attorney general here, but they just they just put him, they just gerrymandered him into a, a plus 15 Republican district in one of those maps. Well, how do they know that, Britt? Because <laughs> I, I don't know, Associated Press. Um, yeah. <laughs> remember, all the districts are changing their their characterization. So how could you know it's a plus 15? It's a different district than it was the last time. It's probably a plus 20 now. That's what that means. This is when you, like, when people say the words like anti-democratic, be like, oh, you're being histrionic. That is, a, that's not fair. You should use your words in a more studied, well, it seems anti-democratic. Hang on, Britt, Brit, take, a, take a call from me. Take a call. <laughs> uh, we're going to take a call right now. Brad from uh, North Carolina on the line. Go ahead, Brad. Yeah, uh, uh, first time, long time. Love your Great. show. Good to hear Very from you. I, I hear you're talking about that uh, uh, fairy jandering today. Yes, Whatever sir. that is. Yeah. I, I just want you to know that with Democrats, they did that for 100 years in North Carolina. Years, so yeah, what's your they? beef? What is yeah. your beef, you liberals? Fuck off. Great Click. call. <laughs> and ditto. Thank you for the call once again. Yeah. If we had it right. You well, had not the uh, legislature getting the final word, but those rules have changed. Yeah. Those rules have changed, and now the Supreme Court is saying, have at it. Yeah, it's really yeah. terrible. It's really as, terrible. Again, as long as you can be as long as you can be coy about the racism. As long as you can somewhat pretend that this isn't an effort to disenfranchise black people, right. you're, you're fine. All right, you want to play the game of where did it happen? Uh, yeah, let's play a quick game of where did it happen before we get into Sidney Powell's betrayal of Donald John Trump. Yeah, the cracking, cracking. Um, GameStop manager fatally shoots alleged shoplifter. A GameStop manager in blank has been charged with manslaughter after the cops say he shot a person. This is at, I think this is in a mall, uh, GameStop. Guy comes into the store Tuesday night, was there for about an hour. Oh, boy. Anybody that's lingering 
and loitering in a in a GameStop for an hour. But okay, he asked the manager to use a ladder to get an item that was on a high shelf at the back of the store. Manager was doing that. Cops say the customer went behind the counter to try to grab some merchandise. According to the Associated Press, the man allegedly grabbed five boxes of Pokemon collectible trading cards. What do you think those are worth per box, Britt? Twelve bucks. Hundred and twenty bucks. Jeez, I was, I was, I it was, I, I was at a decimal point away. As he was running, as he was running for the door, police say the manager, some people describing as a clerk, thirty-three-year-old uh, Derek Guerrero, yelled at the guy, pulled a handgun from his waistband, as uh, most GameStop store managers apparently have, and yeah. shot him. Guerrero says he purchased the gun after he was the victim of another unrelated robbery at the store last month. Uh, the guy dropped the Pokemon cards, ran outside. His girlfriend was waiting in a pickup truck just right out of central casting there, right? Jesus. You go in there and get that stuff. We'll get away. But it took an hour? I mean, it took an hour, and then you got to get the guy on a ladder? Jesus. Well, you know, it's it's all about planning. He later died. At the uh, hospital, they were trying to get away, and, and she saw how bad he was bleeding. Then she calls 911, dies at the hospital. Mm-hmm. Police say the man had no weapon, and surveillance footage shows he never threatened store manager Guerrero. I'll stop right there. What state? What state? Ohio. Overthinking. Oh, uh, is it Florida again? Of course. God damn it. Florida stand-your-ground laws only apply when someone shoots to protect themselves or another person from the threat of bodily harm and cannot be applied as a defense for protecting property. So... Now, Texas, you can uh, use deadly force to protect your property, although technically the Pokemon cards were not the manager's property. So I don't know what Texas... Even if they were, that wouldn't matter in Florida. And so this is two steps away from being justifiable, so... Uh, I guess this guy will go hire that Greg, the the, uh, the guy that uh, defended, uh, what's his name, George Zimmerman, who shot Trayvon Martin. Oh, He's yeah. Because yeah. he can get anybody off even when they're guilty as shit. Yeah. Right? We'll That's see. Why people, That's why people hate lawyers. And we'll see. Uh, that'll, that'll, that'll make the news when it finally, when it finally comes to trial, unless this guy decides to, to plead guilty to manslaughter what do you get for manslaughter 10 15 years something like that depends you can plead it down um you know you, you can do maybe a couple with with a good you know with time served and all that shit well i think if it's in uh south florida you're sentenced to have to attend uh 15 miami marlins games Ooh, then, i gotta yeah. go cruel unusual on that one no yeah. they almost you know they, they they did they made the playoffs they were a wild card team they yeah immediately died a death thanks <laughs> they immediately Thanks died. For a literal interpretation sure. of, of a shtick. Oh, sure. Hey, no chicken ever crossed a road, dumbass. There's no frog in a blender. Um, Nepo baby relies on Trump financial statements. Jim Jordan can return to wrestling now. We did that. Didn't yeah. We? yeah, we did. And the Kraken cracked. Uh, we might as well go for that one because we've had enough appetizers. Sidney Powell. Uh, from Durham, North Carolina, has decided to take a deal, Brad. Uh, well, that's right. And uh, all the legal legals that uh, I've seen 
and read today say, this is not good news for your favorite president. <laughs> Powell, who called herself the Kraken during the 2020 election overthrow attempt, has to now cooperate with the prosecutors in the Peach State and uh, already met with him overnight to give information. Uh, this was predicted in a lot of places. Uh, MSNBC and uh, University of Alabama law professor Joyce Vance, MSNBC commentator, wrote this morning that another deal that was made a few weeks ago with the uh, bail bondsman, remember that guy, Scott Hall? That's yeah. two deals now made. Yeah. Must have given <clears throat> significant information. So this is how, in the textbook, it's supposed to work. One guy rats out the next person, and the dominoes start to fall. She speculated that mere hours before Sidney Powell's deal was announced, the Kraken would likely follow Hall's example. So who's next? Who's next? Well, it may be uh, Ali Oxenfree at this point. You know, if she's the one, then everybody might get the herd mentality as far as making deals. Uh, yeah. I mean, she was in on that crazy meeting. The one where they were just throwing chairs at each other, right? You the get you get in there and, and start, because there's been different perspectives of that meeting, which is just central to the, all the bullshit, because... Uh, you know, Cassidy Hutchinson has a perspective on it. It was obviously in the, the Maggie Haberman book. And yeah, that thing was just nuts. And it went on. It was a marathon session. It was very similar to those uh, meetings that we'd have in Howard Neiman's office where it was just a, a bloodletting, <laughs> except this thing went on even longer. Legal analyst Bradley Moss says, reminder, that Trump tried to make Sidney Powell an emergency special counsel in the final weeks of his presidency. <laughs> How See, did I forget that? Yeah, there's some He's now pleading guilty <laughs> to felonies. And because she pled guilty, pleaded guilty, they've cut those down to misdemeanors, mm -hmm. which means she's not going to get any jail time and normally we'd go oh fuck don't you want to see you? no there's only one person we really want to see in jail and if it means cutting deals to get these people to all yap i don't really care what i do question is can the university of north carolina revoke her law degree well that'd be a great idea I, i'd love to see that i think i think she's already maybe maybe she's been disbarred or had to go for law well, yeah, maybe that's all she's, she's definitely going to be disbarred and and you know they they really can't take away her law degree because she she earned it they didn't take away nixon's law degree from duke did they they never did no and i think they eventually returned the portrait that disappeared from the lot law library <laughs> i think eventually they found that thing <laughs> former acting solicitor general neil katyal reposted what i just read to you from bradley moss and said sydney powell leader of the krakens pleaded guilty to crimes in georgia is very bad news for criminal defendant donald trump those of us in the reality-based community knew this for years, but for Powell to join and to commit to testifying truthfully is devastating for Trump. Well, actually, it's not, Mr. Katyal, because thank goodness we have Mr. Trump, who's the only person in this country who ever tells the truth, who will refute everything that Sidney Powell ever says. And who are you going to believe, Sidney Powell or Donald Trump? 
Hmm. See, gotcha, Katyal. Yeah. Um. Yeah. This is uh, another one of the. This is another one of the uh, the dominoes falling here, and it's too slow for all of us. Um. But you take them as they come, right? Well, you, uh, there there has to be some faith that you have in in these institutions that have been torn down in front of our eyes, and yeah, I. I they always said justice delayed is justice denied. I've heard that for many, many years. But it does look like the hard rain is falling on this guy finally. And it's good that the rats are finally turning on him. And, uh, well, this I, is the little fish getting eaten by the slightly bigger fish. And uh, eventually you get to the uh, the Big Mac at the end of the road. That's exactly Well, that's exactly right. I hope so, anyway. Okay. That's kind of horrible. Uh, <laughs> Nepo, baby relies on Trump financial statements. Who is this Nepo baby I'm talking about? You ready? Sure. There's so many out there. It's Alan Weisselberg's son. Okay. He testified Thursday. That's today as we speak. His name is Jack Weisselberg. Oh. He's an executive with something called Ladder Capital. What is he, a young pup of about 65? Probably. <laughs> He testified this day as we speak that he partially relied on the financial statements from Trump when he worked on a $160 million loan for the Trump organization. All right, stop a second. Here. That's all you got? Well, wait a second. I thought that Donald Trump was dealing with name brand financial institutions. Remember, it's always Deutsche Bank. Or name brand. <laughs> That's but correct. this is this is ladder capital run by his crooked accountant, who's not really an accountant. Weisselberg, Alan Weisselberg's son Jack. So that was probably a, a a crooked company too. And so he takes the word of of Trump because the old man, of course, prepared the phony numbers. On behalf of Trump, I mean, what a stupid web of bullshit that is, isn't it? Yeah, I can't, I can't <laughs> refute that. That's a stupid web of bullshit. Oh, oh and by the way, uh, I'm not sure whether Weisselberg, the old man, had his fingers in the kids' business or not. Don't have all the details yet. The liquidity was what we were really paying attention to, said the uh, younger Weisselberg, Jack. In court, Trump claimed $302 million in cash and marketable assets in his two, 2014 statement of financial condition. And while Wasselberg agreed that he partially relied on that information, he declined to say whether he fully relied on it, which Attorney General of New York, Letitia James, said had been fraudulently inflated, which, of course, remember, the judge in this case has already found that to be absolutely correct, that Trump was inflating and so here you have uh, one of the lenders saying yeah that's uh, we're, we're, we're just dumb because we were always asking well don't these people do their own due diligence do they just take trump's word for everything nobody would do that now when you're talking about millions tens of millions hundreds of millions of dollars you would just rely on the financial statement from the client from the borrower would you uh, duh, yeah Ooh. God. 
So at least that's some good news, right, for our end of the week roundup here. The fact that Donald Trump is facing uh, uh, his punishment that he should have, yeah, it's it is good. Well, the- it's not yet, but it's yeah. it's 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 going there. And you know the uh, the D.C. trial, right, which is to overturn the election January six and all that. Judge Chutkin and the gag order and and that's was it March fourth or March sixth? That's not that far off. It really isn't. Think about it. I mean, we're almost to November, so it's just two months left. And add to we're we're only about four months away from that trial, and that's plenty of time for other people to cop please. Yeah, but but he's still. I mean, he's still the leading contender for the Republican nomination for president. And you well, can't say you can't sit here today and say that he's not a threat to win in twenty twenty four. Well, I didn't bring that up. I wasn't bringing that up as part of, of this. Yeah. I'm not saying that that's not true. But, again, I'm going to rely on the remarkable weight of everything falling on him to make him not the next president of the United States one way or the other, regardless of the polls today. Well, five out of seven swing states are for uh, for Trump today. We just look at the new polls and fuck. Come on. Well, it's it, it is funny, and you you we've mentioned it, uh, you know, previously that uh, the, this RFK Junior stuff continues to be hilarious. <laughs> that it pulls more votes from him, and now that's why they're panicking. And and the Trump team is going to be forced to attack uh, RFK right Jr. Right, but they they're they're polling, they're including him now, and saying, "Well, that doesn't affect it. Trump still win." But, but okay, <laughs> there's just no sense in in discussing or arguing back and forth about polling at this time. Not when the one guy is. Got 97 different indictments against. Is it? No, I'm sorry. I lied. 91. See, well, there, there I'm, I'm making up a, a bigger number. I inflated the number. I'm no better than Trump who inflates his financial. But it would be nice if we could get like a real definitive opinion on, well, can he run for, for the, the office while behind bars? Could we have a real legal expert say, no, it's just not, you know, th- th- there seems to be some confusion. I don't think that's much of a question at all. I think the answer is yes. I think if, it's, that, not, it, if it's not prohibited in the Constitution, he can do it. If you're 35, <laughs> if you were born in the uh, United States of America, uh, there's a there's a third thing that you, ha- you have to have. Um, oh, I think you have to have a stupid daughter and a bullshit son-in-law. He's got all those qualifications. <laughs> he does. He's winning on that front. You're sure? Yeah. Yeah. That's that doesn't seem to be a, a good a good well, thing what, for me. What you're what you're saying, and this is sad. It's sadly true that legally Trump can run for office as long as he's not dead, no matter where he is, and that will still have no effect, even if he is convicted of attempting to overthrow the government of the United States, which he purports to want to lead again, which he really doesn't, which he only wants the job because it would provide him legal protection for another four years. Yet there are obviously millions of people who 
have lost their minds. Yeah. Would disregard that as an elimination factor and an unsuitability factor and a not fit to be president factor. That's the problem. And I'm not going to say the, well, this is not just a Donald Trump problem. It's a, well, for the purposes of this discussion, yes, it's a Donald Trump problem, but it's also not just a Donald Trump problem. It's a people in your neighborhood, uh, people you see in the grocery store, yeah. people you see walking down the street, believe yeah. that this, and when you see what Joe Biden did and said, when he was in Israel on his uh, too brief a trip because of the bad coverage, I think, um, by the media of the explosion out in the parking lot of that hospital in, in Gaza. And that gave the full pretext for Hamas to say it was the Israelis and the instant that they said that it was reported around the world instantly. Yeah. Hamas yeah. says, blah, blah, well, that's the story. And now it didn't matter. And I caught this, the headline of the print New York Times, all right? So that's the one that they can never change, okay? That's the one that went out. That's the first one. And if it comports to what people want to believe, even if it doesn't have all the facts, they get to run with it, and it doesn't matter how many corrections are made online subsequent to that. That does not matter. Here was the original headline this morning, Thursday, October 19th, in the print edition of the New York Times, so you can't erase it. U.S. backs Israel as cause of blast remains disputed. Well, that's there not, you go. We don't really. know, do we, Britt? We're not sure. Who's disputing it? Who is disputing? Well, the minute, see, the, the, this is the problem. The minute you go, well, we have our intelligence. Our intelligence says the Israelis weren't, weren't responsible. Well, our intelligence, hmm? The same people that said Saddam had a nuclear bomb? Hmm? That intelligence? You get you get into that right. thing. That's always going to so be a stain right. and So a you're scar. Getting, you might get some internal criticism on that from, from the left, maybe here and maybe around the world. But the fact that Hamas has presented... Zero, zero. Evidence. Yeah, I go with that. I, I'm, I'm willing to go, with it, but, but the Times uh, doing that. I said, this is my take. If, if the Times were reporting about what was happening after the 2020 election, the same way that they just reported about what happened in Gaza at that hospital with the explosion, here's what their headline would say. Remember, they just wrote, U.S. backs Israel as cause of blast remains undisputed. This would have been the headline. Courts back state election integrity 60 times as outcome of election remains disputed. <laughs> no. It, the, who was disputing it? Hamas, Trump. I'm making the analogy of Trump and Hamas here in terms wow. of their ability to spin reality, disregard facts, and yeah. distort public opinion. Um, I think it's terrible. I think it's terrible. I think it's terrible. It, it, it is, and I think, I, I mean, I, I'll go with if if they had the, the evidence, if they had anything that would like a piece of 
the munitions that would have hit that hospital that would link that particular munition to Israel. We would have already seen they'd that. Show, that. They'd show it. Or they've have some old munitions that they have in a warehouse somewhere and wheel that out and say that that's why hit the hospital. <laughs> they can't even play that game. So they it's kind of do that. I, I you know what it doesn't matter because there you saw the the uh, the video of uh, all the major cities in the Middle East with with protests, albeit they were not as gigantic as. Uh, I don't want to use the phrase the good old days. Remember back in Tehran, they could get a couple million people. Well, and this is and this is where we, we get a chance to kind of whack some of those Democrats, uh, the members of the squad, and these people who have been kind of going off on Israel. And it's just, I don't know. It's so tired and it's so trite and it's so played. I'm just so tired of hearing that. To, to me, that's the, if you will, the wacko part of our party or that that wing of our party and they're not running the show and that's not a majority opinion, but God, it does not help for them to get out there and do the shit that they've been doing this oh, week. It, it gives Fox something to, uh, yeah. to show that they believe they have some kind of high hand here so, on the side of, these are the wackos that are running the, the democratic party. Really? Cause the wackos running the Republican party have made it so that you don't have a speaker, but no Brit <laughs> four people in democratic side. Way yeah. More important than Every time that they fucking vote for speaker, 212, 212, every Democrat lines up and votes for Hakeem Jeffries. There's nobody going, well, you know, Hakeem, you've been kind of soft on this whole Palestine thing. So I'm breaking off and I'm going to go ahead and nominate, I don't know, uh, Yasser Arafat's grandson. That's who I'm nominating to be Speaker of the House. And I'm voting for that today. So fuck you. No, it's 212 for Hakeem Jeffries. Everybody's lining up. I'm I'm going to uh, give myself a little... uh, assignment for over the weekend when we're back on Monday because you know you've seen that map of the Middle East and Israel is like this little nothing and you know the amount of land controlled by all the other countries it dwarfs Israel by it's probably 5,000 to 1 in terms of acreage and square footage now here in the United States we respect that we call it the electoral college. It's way more important that you have more land than than, than people or skilled people. You know, but that's a bad. That's a bad <laughs> but there's only what two million people in Gaza, and none of those countries, not a one of them, is interested in taking those people in. It's Israel's problem. It's Israel's problem. And, and I'm trying to square this idea of normalization of relations with Israel that seemed starting to move down the, the bowling alley with, say, Saudi Arabia. And they've, they've cut some, some other deals with that was a gutter, the Abraham Accords, even during the Trump administration. Yeah. But right now, right now, we don't want any of those people. I mean, we love them. Their cause is our cause, but fuck it. We don't want them here. But so in the end, is this just a simple case of if, say, Saudi Arabia, they've got, that's like the the, the largest land mass. I know it's yeah. mostly desert, but um, if they and, and Egypt and, and Jordan and the rest of them said, all right, we'll all take a couple hundred thousand of them. And 
will educate them and use their skills in an appropriate way, all, all those kinds of things. Is the reason that they don't do that is because even if they do recognize Israel's right to exist, that would really recognize Israel's right to exist on that land that really all the wars ultimately are fought over since 1948. The, right. the UN and the Jews stole the land, we want it back. And so if we say to the people in Gaza or the folks in the West Bank, enough already, just, just, just give it up, move on, that that would be too much of a tacit acknowledgement that we wasted our time invading Israel a couple of times, running surprise attacks on them a lot. And I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. Well, I mean, if, if you're suggesting that the plight of the Palestinian people has used, been used by as a cudgel against Israel by these folks who were disingenuous about actually caring about the Palestinians, well, then you'd be, you'd be 100% right. I think that would be a very succinct analysis of, of what's happened. 